Fantasy Football Sensei Podcast with your host, Trevor Scott. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Fantasy Sensei Podcast. Excited to have you guys back, and we got a big one here today. So looking forward to getting into some of the previews, into a lot of the news that happened overnight, into some of our waiver claims, into some trade review, and potentially into a couple studs and duds. So here we go. Leading it off with the news, Daniel Jones dealing with a neck injury. Um, This could impact all the pass catchers. Um, It could definitely be a boost for the Dolphins. D, if he does miss the game, it looks like he is expected at this time to miss the game. And Mike Glennon is going to be the starter who is currently his backup. Pat Fryermuth is in the concussion protocol. Um, I, I do think he has a good chance to play. So hopefully Steve Moe will have him available. But Steve Moe does have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz to turn to. So he's very loaded at, at tight end there. Um, Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard were both working on the side with trainers uh, to start the week. So we'll see if either of them progress to the point where they'll be able to play this week. But I am not anticipating as of right now that either of them go. Um, Antonio Brown wasn't at practice today, so I don't think he's likely for this week. I mentioned it last week that he started doing some running um, and then, you know, is probably going to continue to move around this week. And then week 14 could really be the week where he steps in and becomes a factor again in their offense. Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard were both limited in practice this week. I think that's a good sign for Sanders being able to go this week. He does have a good matchup, so maybe he gets in there and is able to to do some damage this week. Um, Howard, he's got a knee injury, so I think he's a little bit less likely to play, although the limited work does uh, show encouraging signs towards his availability. Uh, Kyler and Hop both practiced in limited fashion today. Kyler, there's a lot of weirdness surrounding his encouraging or likely to play or feel good. So I, I'm guessing he's going to play, but I don't know why they're not just coming out and saying that he's going to play, um, especially after he got some work in practice. So at least keep an eye on Kyler going into the weekend. Um, Jalen Hurts was practicing. I know Gardner Minshew was working with the coaches and got some first team reps, but I do anticipate Hurts to play, and I think he's going to be uh, healthy enough to give it a go. Um, Devontae Parker is starting practice this week, which is a good sign. He could potentially be available this weekend. Um, but Will Fuller from same team will not start practicing this week, so he's not quite there yet. Um, from Dallas going into tomorrow night's game, Zeke and C.D. Lamb both practiced in full, and they're both going to play. So um, I expect them both to be off the injury report going into the game tomorrow night. And Amari Cooper did travel with the team with the hope of playing. So we did get news today that he is expected to play. Um, I am guessing that that news means he cleared the protocol, but the news we got didn't say he cleared the protocol. So keep an eye on him leading up to the Thursday night game. Um, the, another another news item in the Thursday night game is that Sean Payton intentionally didn't name a starter for, at the quarterback position. So we are anticipating that Taysom will be there and that Hamza will have him available, but they didn't name him the starter. So maybe I think that's just gamesmanship. uh, Taysom's been getting the work, but I did think I'd just mention that here. Um, And it looks like we'll have a week 14 return for Chase Edmonds, which is encouraging. Um, He's been out for uh, three weeks on IR so far with an ankle injury, and he looks like he's going to get back into practice next week. I did say Adrian Peterson yesterday was likely done, but that looks like 
to be a not very intelligent statement because he's visiting with Seattle today. So we'll see if he signs there. That would be a good fit. Um, they definitely need an additional starter um, or just an additional running back in the backfield because Collins and DJ Dallas just aren't getting it done right now. So maybe Peterson signs there and becomes their starter. Uh, DeAndre Swift could miss multiple weeks with his AC joint sprain. We, we knew he was out this week, but it looks like it could be a multi-week absence for him. So hopefully his shoulder gets right before the end of the year and they don't decide to shut him down despite being kind of out of it. Um, and then we learned today that J, uh, J.D. McKissick had a concussion, which is definitely a sigh of relief. No neck injury that was reported. So um, obviously concussion still not good, but much better than what could have been um, and what looked like a very serious injury when it happened on the field. All right, now let's break down the waivers from last night. Lots of moves this week. Um, you know, getting getting ready for the stretch run here. Ten moves last night, uh, headlined by Mike, who made three moves. He landed the big one, Jamal Williams, twenty-two dollars. Um, there were only three bids on him, which I thought was surprising, but uh, Mike secures him, and he'll be in his starting lineup, I'm sure, this week. Um, he also got the Colts for one dollar, which was a good add, and Bourne for zero, which is just probably a, a dart throw at wide receiver. Um, he didn't have to drop anybody except for the Dolphins. Um, Jordan also made three moves. Um, he spent some money as well. He got Zach Wilson for $16 and cut Tyler Boyd. Um, that's definitely huge for him because he didn't have another super flex option. So we'll get into that later in the in the podcast. Um, he also secured Cole Komet because uh, Waller is looking like he's not going to play and he cut Booker. And then added the Vikings defense for $3 and cut the Bears. The Vikings play Detroit this week, so that's obviously a great add. Um, and then I came in with two bids here. I picked up Daniel Carlson after talking smack on Gavin about cutting Carlson, um, and I dropped suck up. And then I took a dart throw on Matt Breida and cut Robbie Anderson. Matt Breida kind of took over Zach Moss's role, so I just figured I'd throw a dart at him. Um, Stevie Moe got bassed and scat. What a great pickup. Um, and in case Miles Sanders doesn't go, I think that's a smart play. And if Howard doesn't go, that's a smart, uh, smart waiver ad there. And uh, Tyler went with Goff over Jones with the uncertainty with Jones's health. Now that the deadline has passed, I did want to look at the trade history from the season. Uh, so do all this trade review right now. Uh, we did have 13 total trades this season, which was awesome to see. Lots of different trades. Um, I had eight of them. Craig had six of them. Tyler was involved in four of them. Stevie Moe with three. And then Mike, Jordan, Jared, Matt, and Hamza all were involved in one. Um, with Gavin being the only one actually that didn't have a trade all year. Um, raising the question, has he ever made a trade or is he ever going to make a trade? Um, I think Gavin just gets his guys and he, he loves to just let it ride. So we'll, see, we'll keep an eye on next year if he ever does end up making a trade. And with Craig and I having the most there, Craig, we we had three trades with each other. I traded with Tyler twice, Jordan, Stevie Mill, and Jared once, and Craig traded with Hamza, Mike, and Matt once each on top of the three that he made with me. So, um, and then Tyler and Stevie Mo had two trades with each other each. So, just some little bit additional breakdown there. The biggest winners and losers. So this was a tough one because we do currently. Um, have some that are very new trades like the Gibson one is looking great for Matt so far. And the one for Mike where he got Knox and Myers ended up being a great like plug and play for that week. But I'm going to go back a little bit to more earlier trades for winners and losers um, because, you know, those have a bigger impact over the full length of the season. Um, so the biggest winner 
of a trade was Jordan. He got Derek Carr and Marcus Callaway for Corey Davis from me. Um, and the reason I say this is the biggest winner is because Carr has been a, a starter for him a lot of the season has been in a super flex. Um, and he's currently leads the NFL in passing and Carr is having a great fantasy season um, for a QB too. So um, it was also a good deal for me. You know, it wasn't like it was a bad deal for me or anything. It's just what Jordan got and what it ended up contributing to his team, I think made him the biggest winner for that, that deal. The biggest loser was me and maybe I'm biased or whatever, but I, I gave up Gibson cooks, Knox and Schultz for David Montgomery and Kyle Pitts. Um, and maybe this turns around rest of the season, maybe Pitts figures it out and maybe Montgomery takes advantage of his easier schedule coming up. But Gibson also has a really easy schedule and has been getting a crazy number of touches. He's just been awesome. 20 points in two of the last three weeks. And he had 95 rushing yards in between that. I know he had a fumble, so it was only like seven points. Um, but but he's been awesome and much better than Montgomery. So um, we'll see if that trend continues. And then, and then I also gave up Cooks on top of that. So um, that that trade is just not looking very good for me at this point. Okay, and something I did want to look into before we get into the previews was just a playoff picture cliff notes. Um, I gave you an in-depth look at a bunch of different scenarios and it got it kind of got a little convoluted. So I did want to just give you quick hitters on what can happen this week and the easiest path for everybody to get into the playoffs. So starting off with Mike, one win and he's in in the next two weeks. Jared, one win and he's in over the next two weeks. Craig, if he beats Jordan this week, he's in. For Gavin, a win over Matt and either a Craig win over Jordan or a Jared win over me because our point totals would be too much to overcome would get Gavin in this week. For me, I need a win over Jared and a win over Hamza. That's my easiest path in. For Jordan, a win over Craig and a win over Tyler is his easiest path in. And for Matt, he needs a win over Gavin and a win over Stevie Mo over the next two weeks. And then he needs both me to lose to Jared and Hamza and Jordan to lose to Craig and Tyler. So hopefully that adds a little bit of clarity. Maybe listen to that part again, just to get the easiest things going into this week. Um, but yeah, it's going to be super exciting to, to break it down after this week concludes. Okay, so let's get into the previews for this week now. Um, we're going to start this section off with the two most important matchups and go from there. Um, so the, the first one is Craig versus Jordan. Um, this is going to be a very important matchup because they're both six and six. So whoever wins this matchup is in a great position going into next week. Um, this one is going to be tough for Jordan to win. He did make some good moves, though, so he is very much right there with Craig. Um, but Craig is at full strength this week. Um, for Craig, he only has Landry on by and isn't dealing with any injuries. Um, and he has Tyreek Hill coming back from by, and he has Gronk making his debut in his starting lineup. So there's, there's a lot of good things going for Craig this week. The one bad thing is that he has Mac Jones in a tough matchup against Buffalo, but um, that leads into his pretty much his only start sit decision in a super flex is his newly acquired Taylor Heineke is likely going to go into his super flex this week. Um, the Redskins get the Raiders, so that's a great matchup. It should be a relatively high scoring game. I know Washington does control the ball a lot, um, but it should be a high scoring game and Heineke should be a big contributor for him this week. Um, but up and down the roster, that's really only Craig's only decision here. Um, for Jordan, he has Rodgers on by, Chubb on by, Deontay Foreman on by. Darren Waller likely out with a knee injury and Cooper, I was going to say was out with cover, but it looks like he's going to play. So we can, we can skip that one. Um, he was able to secure his third quarterback with Zach Wilson. So he has somebody to play there. Um, and 
all of these injuries and bye weeks are just at the worst time over the next two weeks, and especially this week when he needed to be full strength against Craig. Um, but I wouldn't count him out yet at all because he does have Derek Carr. He does have Saquon, James Conner, Cooper Cup, Marquise Brown, and T. Higgins. And all of them can put up big weeks and really kind of carry his team um, that the other guys can just supplement totals and he can still potentially get a win here. Um, start sit decisions for Jordan. Um, he doesn't have any issues at running back or receiver, so it really just came down to his tight end flex and super flex. Um, he got the tight end and super flex fixed on waivers with Cole Komet and Zach Wilson. And those regular flex kind of worked itself out with Cooper being expected to play. Um, if Cooper ultimately does end up being inactive, he still does have AJ Green and Sterling Shepard on his bench if Shepard goes. He didn't practice today, so we'll see on that one, but he does have those additional options. And the second matchup that's very important is the one between me and Jared. Um, this is really important for Jordan and I in particular, because if we both want to be able to get in, I really need to win this matchup so we can potentially jump Jared here. Because if Jared beats me, Jared's in the playoffs. Uh, for Jared, he has no buys, um, which, is, which is good for him. But he does have Chase Edmonds, who's still on IR, and Carter, who's still on IR, and Swift, who joins those two with, um, with another injury to his shoulder. Um, which is which is unfortunate. So we'll get into his start sit decision at running back because those are three of his best four running backs. Um, he is hoping to get Kyler back this week, which should be a big boost for his RB uh, QB one or Superflex, however you want to look at that. Um, so he should be back in his starting lineup. Um, so that that leads his start to sit decision only related to his RB two uh, position. So he's going to have to go to the waiver wire because he currently doesn't have another option at running back on his bench so you know he's gonna have to make a move of some sort to get a potential starter for that spot for me i have cam and mvs on by um, and cook out with an injury um, i do get cd lamb back this week so that should hopefully help me a lot at receiver um, i got 11 total points out of my receivers last week we all know i had a horrible week um, so i expect that cd lamb will get more than that by himself so that should be a good boost to my team and then my start sit decisions really is only between David Montgomery and Clyde Edwards Elair for my flex spot. Um, it's going to eat me up all week because they both have bad matchups and Monty's been bad. And uh, even though he's been playing a lot and Clyde has been good since in the one game he was back, but he's still kind of working his way back from injury. So I, I really don't know which one I'm going to go with at this point in time. So the third matchup we'll get into is Gavin versus Matt. Um, Gavin can officially end Matt's playoffs, ho playoff hopes this week if he gets a win and secure a playoff spot for himself. Um, for Gavin, he has Hunt and DJ Moore on bye this week, and obviously Henry's still on IR. Um, and other than DJ Moore being replaced with Elijah Moore, he'll be rolling out the same lineup as last week. Um, and as of right now, Elijah Moore's in his lineup, but the big start-sit question is between Elijah Moore, Odell Beckham, and Russell Gage. Um, I know Odell and Gage both had good weeks last week, but Elijah Moore has been the one with the more uh, uh, most upside. So we'll see what he ends up doing there and what he feels most comfortable going with. For Matt, he has Baker, Devontae Adams on by, and no new injuries that should hold anybody out of the game. So he's hoping to have hop back for injury from injury and hoping that Sanders is going to be okay to go as well. Um, so the start sit decisions come if those guys don't go um, where his only options left are Jeff Wilson and Hunter Henry on his bench. So especially if hop doesn't go, he's not going to have a third receiver. So he will have to go to the waiver wire for that spot. If Hopkins is ultimately ruled inactive. 
Jumping into Mike and Tyler's matchup, uh, Mike needs a win here to secure a playoff spot, but Tyler is actually in a pretty solid spot to play spoiler this week. Um, for Mike, he has Debo and Henderson that both had injuries and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on bye. Um, so there is still some optimism that Henderson can go, uh, but he does have Michelle to take that spot if not. So he does kind of have a running back spot locked up for the week. Um, his start sit decisions get a little tough. Um, the Rams are going to fill that one spot, like I just mentioned, and the other spot will be filled by Jamal Williams, who he got off the waiver wire this week. Um, but then that leaves his flex open. And so right now his options are Corey Davis, Kendrick Bourne, Naeem Hines, and Dawson Knox. Um, I'm guessing he's going to go with Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis is still in one of his IR spots, so he is going to have to make a transaction. Um, but we'll see how that all shakes out and who he ends up going with. For Tyler, he has Tannehill, Chuba Hubbard, and Hilliard on by. And Julio's still on IR. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know when he's going to be coming back. We haven't really got an update on him. Um, like I mentioned at the top, though, this is a winnable game for him. I do like Javante and Van Jefferson to beat their projections by quite a bit. So I think the projections are misleading on this matchup this week. Um, and he's got a shot all up and down his roster to have some big games. I know Kenny Galladay has been kind of bad, um, but he does have a matchup against the Dolphins. So, you know, potential there as the Dolphins still, even though they've been playing better, they still give up this third most points to wide receivers. Um, his start sit decisions are very minimal. The one that does kind of raise some question marks is whether or not he's going to play Hawkinson or Logan Thomas. Thomas looked good off injury. He almost had that touchdown that they overturned for some reason at the end of the game last week. Um, I didn't think that was clear and obvious, but, you know, whatever. The point of the ball looked like it did touch the ground. Um, and so uh, we'll see whether or not he goes with Hawkinson or with Logan Thomas, who gets a good matchup against the Raiders. Um, another one is whether or not he holds the Houston defense or if he goes with somebody off the wire. Um, Houston's been sneaky good lately on D. Um, they, they have 18, 15, and 9 points over their last three games. Um, so, you know, I mean, maybe not the worst idea to kind of just uh, hold on to them there um, and see if they're able to keep that hot streak going. So the final matchup we'll review here is Hamza and Stevie Mo. Unfortunately, this team, uh, this matchup doesn't have any impact for the playoffs. Um, for Hamza, he doesn't have anybody on bye, but is still dealing with injuries to AB and Ridley still away with uh, for personal reasons. Um, he might have Kamara back, but if not, Ingram is off the injury report and expected to play. So he will likely go with Ingram in his starting lineup if Kamara is not back. Um, his start-sit decisions, like I just mentioned, would be Ingram versus... Uh, one of the New England running backs, whether that's Stevenson or Harris. And at a super flex, he's still going to be deciding between Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. I'm sure he's waiting on Taysom to make sure he's named the starter before actually putting him in his lineup. So that decision should be pretty easy if Taysom is going to start. For Stevie Mo, he's got no one on by and no new injuries this week. Um, and every week for him is going to be tough for tight end in terms of start sit. So he's got Fryermuth, Ertz, and Goddard as his decision uh, to be made for one spot there. Um, and the rest of his roster is pretty set unless Sanders doesn't go and Howard doesn't go for the Eagles um, because he did add Boston Scott and that would be an excellent flex. And maybe he plays him over Bateman or over Kirk, depending on, or, or Gallup, I guess, depending on if uh, what happens tonight with, with Dallas. So um, that's something to watch for Stevie Moe's end of uh, end of roster decision there for his starters. And last segment here, studs and duds. So I'm changing the segment a little bit. It, it got to be a lot of work to go stud and dud for everybody. Um, so each team is going to get either a stud or a dud. I'm going to do five studs, 
five duds. So every team is going to get one. Um, so jumping into it now, I'm just going to go straight down the standings in terms of how I uh, how I read these out. So for Hamza, um, I'm going to give him a dud for Higby. I've been on him, on him, <laughs> continuing to talk about Higby. Even against Jacksonville, though, I just don't think he's getting enough quality work or even just enough work in general um, to, to matter enough in fantasy. Um, we'll, we'll see what he ends up doing. I mean, watch this be the week that he gets the 10 points, but um, I don't I don't see that happening. For Mike, um, I'm going to go with Jamal Williams as being a stud um, with Swift out, and he's playing Minnesota, and he's going to be the only game in town in that backfield. Um, we've seen him be very successful time and time again with the Packers and earlier this year, and even last week once uh, Swift was out, he was very solid. So I think he tops that 12 projection this week, and it's going to be a stud for Mike to help him lock down a playoff spot. Um, for Jared, uh, I'm picking DK Metcalf to be a dud. Um, this one I kind of feel like is cheating just because I've been on Metcalf so much uh, throughout these podcasts and just being unable to figure out why they're not using him more. Um, something's clearly not right with Wilson, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but Metcalf being projected at 13, I think he goes way under that. Um, and they play SF, who does a lot of the same things the Washington football team does in terms of ball control, running the ball, sustaining drives, limiting opportunities, having a decent defense. Um, so I think, you know, more of the same is on the way for Metcalf this week. Um, for Craig, I decided to list Gronk as his stud. He gets Atlanta, and I don't really think they're going to have an answer for him. He was great last week, uh, over 100 yards, and he went on and said that he does have Tony Gonzalez's record of 3,100-yard games, 31 different 100-yard games for a tight end, and Gronk has 30. So this is a chance for him to tie that record. So I think that might happen. I think Brady's going to know it too. And so, and Brady hasn't been as dominant lately as he has in the past. So I think this might be a get right game just for the whole offense in general. And Gronk is going to go off for Gavin. I'm going to pick Elijah Moore as a dud. Um, he had a solid game with Wilson, but the problem is, is Wilson's just not as productive as the other jets quarterbacks were. Um, he only threw for 145 yards last week and maybe that increases versus Philly, or maybe they get uh, a new look and Elijah Moore gets some more targets, uh, maybe some downfield looks. But I just don't necessarily see a big week here for for Elijah Moore. So I'm, I'm going to call him a dud. Unless he scores, I really just don't see him hitting that 10-point projection. Um, for me, I'm going with Alexander Madison as a stud. Um, this one was a very chalk pick. I mean, he gets Detroit in his first start again. So he's going to be fresh. He's going to get Detroit and he's going to get all the work. I just really think that that is set up for him to get 25 touches and for him to go over 20 points. I think he's going to have a great week here. Um, for Jordan, I'm going to go with T Higgins as a dud. I know this is a little bit of a bolder call because he's coming off that massive game and he has a lot of momentum. It seems like he's really kind of um, becoming a consistent option in that offense. But I think that in combination with Chase having down games, in combination with running into the Chargers secondary that has been the second best defense against wide receivers this season, I think it's just a, a, an opportunity for him to have a letdown performance here. I don't think he scores, and I think he gets something like, you know, five catches for 50 yards on seven or eight targets, you know. So it's it's going to be an encouraging workload. It's going to be something that you can hang your hat on for moving forward, still continuing to start him. But I think this week is just going to be a letdown. 
Um, for Matt, I think Antonio Gibson is going to be a stud again for him this week. I mean, he got a new toy, rolled him out there, 20 points, didn't even score a touchdown and still got him 20 points. Um, and I like him to repeat that performance this week. I think he's going to have over 20 points. Um, he's going against the Raiders, who aren't able to stop anybody on the ground. Third worst run defense against uh, uh, or against fantasy running backs. And J.D. McKissick is likely going to be out with a concussion. Um so that could be an even more work headed Gibson's way, although I'm not sure how much more work they could give him. I think he had 32 touches last week. So um, it might just be an opportunity for him to score the touchdowns this week instead of both of them going to McKissick. Um, so I think he's going to have a smash week here. He could finish as a top five running back on the week. Um, and then for Stevie Mo, I have Stefan Diggs as a dud. Um, you can just enter best player going against the New England defense. I feel like we say it all the time and then, when a stud like Diggs goes against him, we're like, oh, he'll he'll figure it out. He'll he'll have a good game. And then we look back at the box score, and he's got four catches for 35 yards. So um, I, I think he should be able to do better than that. But he's projected for 15 points this week, and I, I really just don't think he's going to be able to get there without a score, which I think that New England will hold him out of the end zone. And finally, for Tyler, I have Van Jefferson being a stud for him. He had a deep touchdown last week that fueled almost entirely, uh, almost entire amount of his points. But he does get the Jags this week, and I am thinking that they're going to try and get right on offense. So instead of and, and with Henderson potentially banged up, they could lean on their passing game more, really try and get Odell going, really try and get Van Jefferson especially going this week. Um, and he's projected for 10, so I really think that he's going to come out. He's going to score this week, and he's going to have – uh, outproduce that 10 projection by quite a bit. All right. And that'll do it for the Wednesday edition this week. I hope you guys are still enjoying this. Uh, let me know if there's any other sections or anything else you guys want to see. And we'll see if I'm able to do one tomorrow. Maybe I just wait until next week. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited um, about going into this weekend and how close everything is. So everybody I'm sure is going to be a, a super invested and we'll continue to chat in the group chat. See you guys. 